Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody, and happy Friday, Brewers Outlet Friday here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre owned inventory. All the good stuff right there at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, or at sunburymotors.com. And, of course, every Friday show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports, domestics, microbrews, water, soda, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. The pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none, and six great flavors of slushies as well, all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Flyers-Pens, round three tomorrow night. More college hoops to get to this weekend. Listen to our man Doug Burt's song tomorrow for Bucknell at Lafayette to begin the Patriot League tournament. You can have the game on the radio, have a couple cold ones as you're listening. There's, there's plenty to get ready for this weekend. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. So speaking of Flyers-Pens... We'll have more coverage of that today as Flyers take round two. Come from behind fashion, 4-3, to three, after trailing 3-0 in the first three and a half minutes of the game. Claude Giroux with two goals. The captain getting the win with two minutes to go, getting the game-winning goal in Pittsburgh. So Phil Bork from the Penns Radio Network, of course, the former 2-9er himself, will be on with us at 4.06 today. So we'll get his thoughts on that, how the Penns recover from that. And... That's a big win for the Flyers last night. I'll tell you what, we'll get to talk about more about that in a second. But then also at 335 today, Jeff Byers, our play-by-play man for Penn State Wrestling, will get you set for the Big Ten Championships this weekend. Lots to get into there. Jeff will break it all down with Steve coming up at 335 today. So now back to Flyers-Pens. That is a monster win for the Flyers last night. After... A frustrating loss Tuesday night. They take the one nothing lead, and things kind of fell apart after that. Carter Hart, not a great night for him either in, in goal. Brian Elliott comes in, not a great start there for all of the team. I would say one or two of the goals probably weren't his fault, especially that third goal. But then Elaine Vignol calls the timeout. Flyers kind of regroup. And you just thought... If they can just get that all-important first goal, make it a two-goal game going into the second, then you lessen the damage. 
And that's really how you have to do in the NHL, where I think we've all said a 2 nothing lead in the NHL is probably the most dangerous lead you can have. I also say a 14 nothing lead in football is the most dangerous lead you can have. But in the NHL, especially for the last couple of seasons, a 3 nothing lead is really not that safe if you take it early in the game like the Pens did. I've seen this happen both ways, being on both sides of this as a Flyers fan. You just thought, well, as poor a start as it was for the Flyers after a not-so-great performance in the first game Tuesday night in Pittsburgh, again, you just thought, if they can get a goal to cut it down to two, you minimize the damage and you're feeling better about yourself, you grab a little momentum even going into the rest of the game. And that's what the Flyers did. They slowly chipped away. They got a goal in the second. Developed many other chances in between those two goals. Even when they after they scored the first goal, there were a couple chances where they could have gone into a one-goal game after one. Same thing in the second. They got goal number two, which was Drew's first goal. They had many other chances to tie the game feeling good about themselves, going into the third period, and then boom, they get two goals to win the game. So that was a monster win for the Flyers last night. Not only because of confidence and the way they had to come back to win that game on the road against a division opponent, which now as fans, and as far as the standings go, these two teams were tied for that fourth and final playoff spot in the Eastern Division. And now the Flyers are back ahead of the Penguins by two points. So the worst-case scenario for the Flyers is they're just tied again with the Pens. But obviously, best case, they can keep building that because the Flyers have a tough week coming up this week. After they play the Pens tomorrow, they're home against Washington, and then they have three other games against them this week with a game Buffalo with Buffalo sandwiched in there. And it doesn't get any easier for the Pens, too. The Pens, I, I think Tristan Jari is starting to develop as a, as a solid goaltender. He made some fantastic saves again last night that kept the Pens in the league for as long as they did before the Flyers eventually were able to come back and win. I think there's something starting to develop there a little bit with Jari. But the Pens just got to stop taking undisciplined penalties. I mean, they're lucky that the Flyers' yes, power play is not great or else the, yeah. maybe game one is even a different factor yeah. here. But that was a monster win for the Flyers last night, Steve. Well, down 3 nothing, one four three. It's one of those where you're sitting there and, yeah, seems like the Pens have control. Seems like the Pens get control. Seems like the Pens have control. Now they're losing control. Now they're losing control. Now they're losing control. Now they lost the game. All right, so there you go. Uh, it's a great win for the Flyers last night. Rubber game of the three-game set is tomorrow at 1. We'll have uh, the old 2-9er on the show today. Jeff Byers is going to break down each weight class of the Big Ten Wrestling Championships. And quick note to Dick in Milton. How awful I feel for you and your friends because you'd have been in the Jordan Center watching this firsthand and would have eaten up every second of it. Would have eaten up every second of it.
Um, so don't think I haven't thought about you. I have. I have thought about you very much. All right. Um, six Nittany Lions. By the way, a couple things. Number one, Penn State uh, will have will begin spring practice a week from Monday, March 15th. Pro Day will be March 25th. I think these are two dates that we get we told you about already, but it was officially confirmed today. So as loyal listeners of the show, you knew, know that uh, we already did mention those two dates to you. It turned out it was just confirmed today. Okay? Six Nittany Lions are going to be are on the official uh, NFL Combine list. Six of them are. And the... Um, the six are tight end Pat Fryermuth, offensive lineman Will Fries, offensive lineman Michael Mennett, defensive end Shaka Tony, defensive end Jason Owe, and linebacker Micah Parsons. Those are the six Nittany Lions on the official combine list from the NFL. 323 invited officially by the NFL to the combine, which of course is not happening. They're, they'll be working out ways to do this, but it'll be actually pro days that'll be critical. And Penn State will have a long list of players going through pro day. Long list that they'll have along the way. I thought the Yankees looked impressive yesterday, didn't you? <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Just thought I'd pass along. Uh, what we learned is it might be a long year for the farm clubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Boone's coming back this weekend. That's probably the best yes, news. He is. And again, it goes back to what we said the other day. We said we'd only be out a few days. It's amazing, isn't it? It really is amazing what they could do today. Honestly. Trying to get a hold of Mark Brennan, by the way. Yeah, on Monday to talk some hoops, talk some football, and then the historian in me comes out. Monday is the 50th anniversary of the Ali Frazier fight. How about that? The first Ali Frazier fight in Madison Square Garden. When you go down into the uh, inner circle where the locker rooms are, there is they have a lot of great pictures of events that have taken place at Madison Square Garden. A very prominent is the left hook that Frazier threw that knocked Ali down in the 15th round. You didn't know that, but did you? I bet a lot of people don't realize it's the 50th anniversary. I didn't realize that either, but it makes sense. Mark Brennan's a big boxing guy. He, I mean, he really? knows his box. Yeah, oh, no, Brennan knows his boxing. So I've, I sent him a text to see if he wants to come on Monday to talk some hoops because the Big Ten tournament will be set. Talk some football. Anthony Poindexter is going to talk to the media for the first time on Monday. And I think Dwight Galt's talking on Thursday. Uh, 
I think they still have another winter workout to go. And maybe two. They might have two more to go. Last one was yesterday. And so between football getting started for the spring, for spring practice, uh, football and basketball going into the conference tournament, and the 50th anniversary of Ali Frazier, which is Monday, I thought we'd uh, invite Marco on the show. That'd be a lot of fun to have money. All right. So, a lot going on. And Bucknell plays Lafayette tomorrow. Quarterfinals, right? That's right. One thirty pregame, 2 o'clock tip with our man Doug Birdsong on Eagle 107. Good to hear Doug on. You know, Doug is so good on basketball. Football, he's fabulous as well. But basketball, he's 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 by himself and free. You, sir, are my hero. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's what we have going on. And uh, now, we also asked Doug about the efforts in the football booth of the suit, and he yelled this back at us. No God! No God! No We'll take a break. Back with more in a moment. You're on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The beverage supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. Great to have you with us on the show today. Just lined up Mark Brennan for Monday. Mark is going to join us to talk about some basketball with the Big Ten tournament starting, some football with spring practice a week away, and Anthony Poindexter talking with the media on Monday at noon for the first time. But also, Mark is a big boxing historian. Monday is the 50th anniversary of the first Ali Frazier fight with the two undefeated heavyweight champions going at it at Madison Square Garden. And it'll just be fun to yeah, we'll get some other stuff in there. We'll talk about the other stuff first, but then we're going to get to that last and talk about that because uh, the significance of that. Boxing may not be in the same ballpark 
as it was back in that era. But Ali Frazier today still resonates for people who love the history of such things. It's one of the really important um, benchmarks in 20th century sports. Uh, looking forward to talking about that. Hmm. It was on closed circuit. I remember Frank Sinatra was courtside. Courtside. And actually ringside, I should say. He was ringside. And he was working as a photographer for either Life or Look magazine. You want to talk about the stars being out. The stars were out in force for that. And it was quite a it, it was an event that was one of the absolute greats. One of the absolute greats. And finally, Frazier knocked him down with a left hook in the 15th round. Most fighters never would have gotten up from that left hook. Never. Ali did. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and somebody the beverage supermarket imports domestics, microbrews, best selection to beer anywhere, wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Pickle bar, led by the barrels of the dills, and eat second to none. Jeff Byers, next half hour, Big Ten Wrestling Championships in the Jordan Center. The old two-niner, Phil Bork at 406, the King at 435. Suit on the after show at 2.30 in the morning. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury the Beverage Supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Oh, you may love wine coolers, water, soft drinks. Snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels of the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. The Beverage Supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Great to have you with us on the show today. Big Ten Wrestling Championships in the Jordan Center this weekend. Starts tomorrow morning at 10. The play-by-play voice of... 
Penn State Wrestling, the outstanding Jeff Byers. Jeff, I know you're anxious for this. Welcome. Great to have you with us. Likewise, Steve. Uh, definitely ready to get this weekend going. Oh, I know. I've uh, lamented in, about the fact that, boy, they, they probably could have blown the roof off the place but <laughs> with, with having fans in this weekend, had this been obviously 13 months ago and not now. But this is an interesting uh, run here, Jeff, because you have three upperclassmen out of 10 wrestling for Penn State. What does that tell you about the talent and youth we're about to see? Yeah, I think it's it's going to be similar to what we saw in, you know, Cal's first run uh, to a, a Big Ten and national title in 2011. I think it'll be similar to what we saw, you know, when Jason Alf and Bo Nickel were coming through in, in their freshman campaigns uh, as well. I mean, I, I think that uh, the overall uh, quality and depth in this freshman class is just uh, outstanding and, and probably as good, if not better, than anything uh, the Cal's brought in, which obviously is, is saying something. Um, you know, it, it's just such an unusual situation this year with the limited math time that I'm, I am really curious to see yeah. uh, kind of how these guys respond with so little time, in particular – you know, Robbie Howard and Greg Kirkfleet, who just really have not had much time even in the room uh, to, to make the normal progression you would during that freshman campaign. Well, Robbie gets going with that Eric Barnett of Wisconsin in the opening round. Uh, what do you see for Robbie in his path, especially starting with Barnett? Yeah, I, I like the matchup, uh, Steve, and it's certainly no disrespect to Barnett, but I just I think Robbie Howard matches up very well with him, uh, I, and I think that is a... Uh, good draw given the possibilities that were there uh, for Robbie with the limited resume. Uh, you know, both Robbie and, and Bo Bartlett as 11 seeds, I mean, and no fault of the seating committee. I mean, this isn't a criticism of where they're seated, but anybody who thinks either of those guys is going to end up uh, outside of the top 10 at this conference tournament uh, just isn't paying attention and doesn't understand the, the talent level that those two bring. But I, I do think... Um, you know that it's a good test. I think it's a good uh, match for Robbie, but I, I like the matchup. I just I think style-wise, uh, it's a good one for Robbie. I think he'll be able to get his offense going. Um, you know, I, I suspect that match could be a, a fairly high-scoring one, uh, and you know, I'm kind of anticipating the winner of that battle being in, in double digits. But I think Robbie, uh, once he gets going here, uh, is is really going to find his footing in this. Big Ten tournament and make his, his presence felt. And, and I think he's, you know, one of uh, a few guys that has to have a big weekend, obviously, for Penn State to be uh, in contention on Sunday afternoon for the team title. Roman Bravo Young will get a bye in the opening round. Obviously, he's one of the favorites, along with probably Austin DeSanto of, of Iowa. How do you like uh, Roman Bravo Young's path here? Yeah, I like it a lot, Steve. I, I mean, I really. Uh, I think he's, you know, you never say coasting in the Big Ten uh, conference, but uh, he's certainly going to be a, a prohibitive favorite to get to the finals at the very least. And it's, uh, you know, be a, a rematch with uh, likely DeSanto, although DeSanto, I think, will have uh, his work cut out in the semifinals as well. Uh, but I, again, Roman, I think, is resting as well, if not better than he has at any point in his career. And I think his confidence right now is, is at an all-time high, and not that he's ever really lacked for confidence, but he really has an understanding right now of what it is 
uh, he can do and what he needs to do to to go out and get himself in contention and, and try to win the national title here. Uh, Nick Lee very much in the same spot. He'll get a bye. Same story on path. He may not be the number one seed, but what do you think of his path? Yeah, I, I will say that semifinal matchup with Rivera is, is really intriguing, and I think uh, – you know, I think the top three here at Big Tens are the top three uh, in my mind nationally, and I think, you know, uh, on any given day, again, any of them could come out on top and, and end up third uh, or vice versa. And right. I'm I'm really curious to see how it shakes out both this weekend uh, and then again uh, at the NCAA's, seeing what uh, what adjustments uh, all of the guys make depending on on what happens uh, this weekend. But I, I like Nick's. You know, pass certainly to get to the semis, and then I, again, I think he's wrestling uh, as well as as he ever has. I, and again, I flip a coin between those top three because I just think they're uh, a little heads and shoulders above the the rest of the field. Certainly in the Big Ten here, Bo Bartlett has uh, he'll open up with Michael uh, Blockhaus of uh, of Minnesota. You know, Sammy Sasso obviously is is the is the guy to beat in all of this. Uh, but you know, you know, can Bartley be one of those podium guys and get to uh, nationals? Yeah, I definitely think he he can, Steve. You know, really the only thing, well, I guess two things going against Bo is obviously lack of collegiate experience. But he has so much uh, experience overall that I I, I think that's uh, not appreciable. But he is undersized at 149. I think he's as talented as anybody, including Sammy Sasso. But uh, you know his his ta- his talent uh, is going to take him so far. And then there's, he's going to have to figure some things out on on what he can do and be a little creative uh, with the the size differential that he has. But uh, we're talking about a special talent here, Steve. And I, I know he goes in as the 11th seed, but. I, I really think Penn State's uh, thinking that this is a legit contender for a Big Ten title and could even get into the national title mix. And I think it would be you know, disappointing in, in the minds of, uh, of Bo and, and Penn State if he wasn't at least in the top five. And, and I think he'll be disappointed if he's not in the top three anyway coming out of the weekend. It's amazing what maturity can be because Brady Berge has slowly but surely worked his way up rankings. He's now the 5C going into this. What do you see from him? Yeah, Steve, I, he is just I, – I just love the way he is finally, uh, I, I guess, at peace with, uh, with everything right now. He's, he's just uh, – he's had some struggles, and, uh, you know, part of it's been uh, psych, psychological and mental, and there's been some, you know, issues that he's had to work through from uh, past incidents and everything. And then the concussion issue last year, and he wasn't sure he wanted – uh, to continue to compete, and I just think this summer he was able to uh, just figure a whole lot out, and uh, just decided he's just going to go have fun and let his uh, talent speak for itself. And you know, he's a tremendously uh, hard worker, just a, a fun kid. I mean, he's just a really neat kid, easy kid to root for. And I think uh, the sky's the limit, Steve. I mean, I you know we've seen it. He's pulled out some close matches this year. Uh, and I think that's going to be the, the case both in Big Tens and at Nationals. I, I don't think he's going to lose by more than a couple of points to anybody, uh, but there's not a whole lot of guys, you know, the, certainly in the top 10 or 12, that he's going to beat by, by more than a point or two. And it's going to come down to, you know, who can gut it out. And so far this year, he's been the one able to do that. Uh, and I think, again, he's, he's a guy that's certainly capable of winning the, uh, the Big Tens. 
Uh, and I think he's a guy that's capable of winning the national title. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's that good, uh, that talented. But, again, he's a bit of an X factor because I don't think, you know, it certainly wouldn't be shocking if he finishes, uh, you know, in that fifth-place match this weekend. Uh, but, boy, if he can get into the top three or, you know, get to the mm-hmm. finals, obviously you're talking about uh, a significant difference in uh, points here for the team, right? All right. Obviously, at 65, Alex Marinelli of uh, Iowa is the guy to beat. All right. I don't think it takes a genius to figure that out. But Joe Lee's sitting there. He's got the Spadafore from Maryland to start out with. What do you like of the progress of Joe Lee uh, that he can make a run? Yeah, he's a guy, Steve, that I just think needs needed to get matches under his belt uh, and was able to do that to you know whatever degree you could uh, this this season. And I, I like the fact that he has that potential matchup with Ethan Smith from Ohio State in yep. the uh, the quarterfinals in that second round because. You know, Smith pinned him, but I think it was a match that uh, Lee was right there, and and I think there's going to be a hunger factor there uh, that's going to be kind of hard to explain for Joe Lee. Uh, And again, Smith is very good. I mean, I would certainly favor with the experience that Smith has, favor him in that match, but I'm really uh, kind of excited to see what Joe Lee does this weekend, and, and in that bout in particular, what adjustments he makes to, you know, what what we saw in the dual meet and throughout the, the dual season, but he's a guy, Steve, another one of these guys that, that could, you know, certainly go one and two at nationals or could end up, you know, fourth or fifth in the, uh, on the podium. It's just, uh, it's a matter of, uh, you know, him being able to keep his focus and, and make some slight adjustments here. Uh, and then part of it's going to be the matchups too. And, and again, right. I think Ethan Smith is a good matchup for him. Uh, you know, even though he, you, you might laugh at that uh, with him getting pinned, but I, I really do think mm-hmm. Joe's uh, a dangerous opponent here for Ethan Smith at that stage of the tournament. Well, uh, and then it's it's seventy four. Carter's going to get uh, going with. Well, I mean, like everybody, you know, Penn State has a couple of Lees. They got a couple of Spadafores. All right, so yep. he's got Philip. <laughs> he's got Phil, Carter gets to start with Philip right away. Kemmerer obviously is the guy to beat there. But here's a guy, Big Ten Wrestler of the Week. He's come on. Well, you know, what do you think of him? Yeah, Steve. I he's just he's special, uh, and he, he's just a guy that kind of gets it, uh, gets what it is he, he needs to do to compete at, at this level. Um, you know, he's obviously tremendous on top. We saw that. I mean, that, that's what won him the, the matches over Massa and Romero during the uh, regular season. And uh, I, I think he's just so excited about the opportunity this weekend. But, uh, again, it, it is a really good weight class. And, you know, I think, yeah. uh, again, in my mind, probably those top three, again, at this weight, uh, with Kemmerer, Labriola, and Sirachi, uh, you know, I, I think any of them are capable of going out and winning Big Tens and uh, and or Nationals. And I think, you know, Romero and uh, Massa are right there as well. I mean, I, this is a probably as deep a weight class in terms of uh, top-end talent as, as there is in the Big Ten this year. Aaron Brooks uh, is uh, the defender at uh, 184. He's the number one seed. Where is he better this year, Jeff, than he was a year ago? Yeah, I think he's a little better in scoring uh, on top. He, he's, and that's kind of been a general trend under uh, Kale Sanderson and this coaching staff is, you know, guys uh, just learn how to wrestle from top uh, better as they go along and uh, start to, to figure out that sophomore and junior year in, in particular how to really score and not just, uh, you know, ride for riding's sake. And, 
I, I think Aaron, uh, you know, can score in a more uh, varied way from the top position. I also think he's got a, a little more aggressive uh, mindset now and uh, is a little more attack-oriented from the neutral position. He's obviously got a tremendous skill set uh, to to work with, but I, I think I think he's improved in all areas. But I, I really think his ability to uh, control guys and, and score points from that top position is, is a difference maker for him this year. And then at 97, Michael Beard, all right, gets going with uh, Billy Jasner, uh, Jansner, I should say, of Rutgers. Eric yep. Schultz of Nebraska is the guy to, to beat, it seems, in all of this. Well, what, can, what about Michael and what can he do? Yeah, he's another one uh, where, Steve, I, I just think he is so dangerous because uh when he gets his tilts going, uh, again, he can rack up points quickly uh, against anybody. And I was glad that he got – I wish he would have had the chance to wrestle Eric Schultz during the uh, the regular season just to get that feel. Right. But I think having wrestled Miles Amin and, and had that feel, and he knew he was right there. I mean, again, a couple of little uh, technical adjustments, and I think you know he is certainly capable of, of winning that matchup. Uh, which will be a, a huge one uh, in the team race if he was able uh, to pick up the, the victory there in the quarterfinals. But, you know, he's another one of these guys where, Steve, I think, I mean, he could finish seventh or eighth or he could finish second, you know, maybe even win the whole thing. I mean, it, you know, I don't think there's anybody there uh, that you look at and you say, wow, there's just such a talent disparity that, you know, Michael uh, is going to be fortunate to keep it close. I mean, I, I think anybody there. Uh, he has the, the skill set to be able to beat. Whether or not he can put it together consistently over the course of a tournament like this, uh, that remains to be seen. But I'm I'm really excited for that uh, a mean matchup uh, for Beard in the in the quarterfinals, assuming he gets by chance. Yeah, well, and then at 285, obviously Gable Stevenson is sitting there from Minnesota, but maybe one of the more intriguing guys in all of this is Greg Kirkland. I mean, this is this is. I mean, you want to talk about talent and mystery all at the same time. I think he's got both. Yep. He does, and again, it's like Robbie Howard. The you know the only thing missing for him right now is just the the mat time yeah. uh, this year. He you know with the the injury, he was just not able to to condition the way he normally would. Uh, but man, Steve, we've had a chance to watch him at some of the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club live events, and I mean, obviously you can see the videos and stuff from uh, high school. But when you see him in person, it, it is just—it is unreal that uh, he is as smooth as he is uh, for a heavyweight and as quick as he is. Uh, and I do—it's uh, another matchup that, again, in that this quarterfinal round, again. Right. <laughs> Could very well be a make-or-break round in terms of the team race for Penn State, trying to hang in there with Iowa. But I just think the matchups uh, are intriguing for Penn State fans. And again, win or lose, I think it's going to be a good feel for these guys to get uh, heading to the NCAA's. And then, obviously, you know, the hope is that the kids and the coaching staff can make the adjustments to. Uh, change any results that uh, don't go Penn State's way uh, this coming weekend. But that, that matchup with Mason Paris, again, I think you're talking, uh, in my mind, uh, certainly two of the three uh, most athletic heavyweights, if not the most uh, athletic. Uh, Gable Stevenson is you know, the most accomplished right. and obviously very athletic in his own right. But, uh, boy, the, the athleticism of Kirkfleet and Paris, I, I just think uh, if, if you are uh, 
somebody that does not want to watch a taffy pull, as we so often see <laughs> in heavyweight bouts, this is one you're going to want to watch because both these guys uh, like to get out uh, after it, and, and both have really varied offensive attacks. And I just think, again, this is a heavyweight bout where the loser could be in double digits uh, on the scoreboard at the end of the bout. Jeff, how wide open is the uh, team race? Yeah, I, you know, I, I was obviously the pr- prohibitive favorite, and, and rightfully so. I mean, we talked about the uh, three upperclassmen for Penn State, eight upperclassmen for Iowa. I mean, they just have the, the two sophomores, not a freshman, in the lineup, uh, and six seniors. So, you know, they, they obviously have a veteran team, and they've been there. They've they've done this. They, they won the title last year and have virtually everybody back. Uh, so, you know, they are definitely, rightfully, the favorite going in. Uh, I think the the only team in my mind, uh, and again, if, if Michigan had uh, Stefan Micic uh, ready to go this weekend, you know, it, it might change, and I might say Michigan's in there as well. I think Nebraska's a dangerous tournament team, but I just don't think the overall uh, potential top-end, you know, champions or at least getting to the finals guys and, you know, that ability to get 10 uh, into the NCAAs. I mean, in my mind, it's, it's Penn State and I were the only two teams that have uh, the, the combination of uh, both depth and uh, the top-end stars to, to be able to make a run at this thing. And, uh, you know, I, I truly think Penn State will be right in the mix. Again, whether or not they're able to, to pull it out against uh, as veteran a team as Iowa is, uh, that's that's why they're going to wrestle, and, and we'll find out. But I, I suspect it'll be between Penn State and Iowa. And then if, if anybody else is to get into the mix there for the, the title here, I, I think Nebraska and Michigan would be the only other two teams that I think have uh, enough tournament firepower to make things interesting at the top. Looking forward to the privilege of hearing your work this weekend, Jeff. Have a great time with it. Uh, you know that I will, Steve. <laughs> not a concern at all there. Not in the least. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Jeff Byers, the play-by-play voice of Penn State Wrestling. Phil Bork, next half hour, King Final Half Hour. Great to have you with us. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sudbury, the beverage supermarket, imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies and the pickle bar. Led by the barrels of the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sudbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The 
TSMC ways to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? TSMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 